We're all missing travel right now, but you know what else we're missing? Getting more. With Priceline, you can save up to 60% on your favorite hotels, and you can also get exclusive deals on car rentals and flights. And when you save more, you can do more. More, wow, mmm, and yes! Priceline knows that every trip is a big deal. So when you're ready to book your next one, visit Priceline.com for the easiest way to get more out of it. And don't forget to download the Priceline app for even more savings. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the second episode of the That's So Mets podcast, and we have a great show for you today because Thornton McHenry from the New York Post is joining Joe and I to discuss. It is official. If you've heard, the Mets are now in an exclusive negotiating period here with Steve Cohen. The A-Rod group has bailed on this sale. It is all down to Steve Cohen and the Mets, and Thornton has been on top of this story really as much as anyone in the media and has a lot of details what you should expect going forward um, why this should get done quite shortly and what kind of owner what kind of franchise owner Steve Cohen is going to be for Mets fans and and I think I came away from the interview very positive very excited Joe how are we feeling we we have finally made it to this point we've been waiting for for quite some time now feeling great Connor um I'm a professional, but I'm going to let it down a little bit. I'm going to be a Mets fan on this podcast today. I'm so excited. I woke up, double-checked my phone to make sure that I wasn't dreaming something. Stevie Cohen is coming. He is coming to save the Mets. And it, it's it, finally, the Mets fans are getting the type of owner that is such a competitor, a guy that's going to want to win, and a guy that has the pocketbook to compete for every big free agent he can hire the best front office people he could hire the best on-field staff the best scouting people there's nothing that financially that can stop steve cohen and we're talking about a guy with a net worth north of 14 billion dollars and the highest net worth of an owner is the san francisco giants at just over 5 billion we're talking the mets oh owner God. is almost three times as rich as the next richest owner it's it's a dream come true um you know certainly there's a couple little hurdles left to go and thornton will touch on them but it seems like i'm i'm allowing myself to get hurt again the michael scott gif i'm I'm ready for it man i i'm excited obviously you know i won't give away too much from the interview which you guys are gonna love uh just because you know thornton has said it to us in the past you know, he's not a guy that covers sports. He's a guy that has covered Wall Street and a lot of various business stories. And he's somebody that has covered Steve Cohen for a long time. So his insight on Cohen wasn't just, hey, I learned about this guy the last eight months. This is someone that I've I've known about for a long time. And, um, you know, we did an interview with him that won't air because it was before it got to this point. But all the things he hinted at are, are coming true. So that's how on point he's been with it. I think for me in all of this, Joe, why it's so exciting amongst many reasons is I look at the Mets in the last decade and I don't think the problems have been with the baseball side of things in terms of mostly scouting, drafting. 
I think a lot of the issues at hand have been financially related due to just being financially restricted. And that includes what a lot of winning teams are able to do, plugging holes with free agency. Because naturally, if you want to win, most of the time you're going to have to do those things. The Mets have played, you know, we say it all the time with Scott Boris, they have been in the discount aisle for a long time. They can't retain a Zach Wheeler for $100 million. They have to go sign a combination of Rick Porcello and Michael Waka. And, man, we're seeing how that is turning out already right now. I mean, it couldn't honestly have gone worse. So it feels good that those days are kind of behind us. What we're going to do on the show is obviously look ahead. What is the future of somebody like a Brody Van Wagnon, right? What is, you know, and, and I'll say it on this show, I've heard hints and rumors that um, if Steve Cohen pushes this to the finish line, we could see a guy like Sandy Alderson back in the fold, back making some baseball decisions. So I'm curious to see what kind of hires uh, he makes, what the future for Brody is like. But most importantly, you know, just to see him spend for this to be a winning franchise on players, on marketing, around City Field, around New York baseball. I mean, you and I both live in the tri-state area. We love New York Mets baseball, and I think this is such a positive for that. It's such a positive from the financial aspect for a league that, through this pandemic, needs the dollars. But for the Mets fan, most importantly, to finally not be sitting on the sidelines every single offseason and Honestly, just all the BS they've had to endure. This is a very, very positive turning point. They're going to be shopping with the filet mignon at this point, right? I think what, right. one thing that always bums me out as a fan is every offseason, you know, MLB trade rumors or one of those sites put out the top 50 free agent list. And I go through and I know for a fact the top 15 to 20 of them, I can just forget about them. The Mets aren't going to call for these guys. The Mets aren't even going to think about calling for these guys. They are going to go, you know, free agent 25 through 50, and they'll sign one or two of them, and it'll just be one, two-year deals. You know, I don't. I think we should we should caution fans a little bit because I think there's, you know, we're both incredibly excited. You, as a Met fan, should be incredibly excited. But I don't want people to get it twisted that he's here, and that means now they're going to sign JT Realmuto, Trevor Bauer, Marcus Stroman, Noah Syndergaard extension, Everyone. Michael Court, yeah. Conforto extension. Like, have some semblance of realism. But the Mets, in my opinion, going forward with Steve Cohen as the owner, will no longer be able to be ruled out of the top free agents doesn't mean they'll land everyone. I mean, the Yankees struggle to land free agents. The Dodgers have struggled to land some free agents. It's it's the way it is. You know, these guys have different motives to go to different places. But the Mets will be in the running on all these top guys going forward. That's exactly it. You want to be in the conversation, right? You want to be somebody that can roll out the truck. And, and you know, like the Mets can't even make calls, right? Because when you make a call to an agent you have to make it quite clear that the dollars are not a problem, right? You get to the phase of, hey, we could pay the guy what the, what the market price is right now, but here's what else we can roll out. The Mets were always blocked from square one because the dollars really just simply didn't exist. 
the second thing for me is a lot of times and something that doesn't get discussed enough. And I know they made it, it work the year they brought Cespedes in the deadline and eventually went to a world series. It holds them back at the trade deadline, right? Like you can only, you can't take on money at the trade deadline. That is very significant because they just don't have it most of the time, uh, unless there's big insurance uh, caveats coming in. And, and once again, it's, it still restricts them. I think I look at this right now, and I'm with you all the way, Joe. I'm not going to sit now. I do I do think they will be in the real Muto sweepstakes. Absolutely. I, yeah, I think that's the one where it's like, okay, they need a catcher really badly. He's the guy. He's a good bat. The DH is in the NL now, so even when you rest him, you still have his bat in the lineup. There's so many reasons why it makes sense. But I don't think they're going to just go, especially this year, right? Because there's going to be a big transition period, which Thornton is going to explain in the interview uh, very well. They're not just going to go buy everyone up. To me, the number one thing that has to get done, and somebody I view as the captain of this baseball team right now, you got to extend Michael Conforto. I think as we record this podcast, he's he's fourth in the league or fourth in the National League in batting average. The slumping has really not existed in this short season. The leadership has been phenomenal. Quietly, I think he plays a good right field because of that strong arm. Uh, beautiful swing. He's a young player. He's 27. He's only getting better, which is crazy when you think about it. The guy is only getting better. Uh, I like that Keith calls him Iron Mike because, I mean, he's out there, right? Like, you look at it and... The, the guy is out there playing every day. Um, that, for me, I think it would be a really goodwill kind of move to say, hey, I'm here, and guys like this don't leave anymore. We drafted him. We have been a part of his developmental process. He has contributed in a World Series for us as a kid already and has only grown as a player throughout this last half decade. Now he's going to be one of the guys that is the face of our franchise for the next, I mean, he's 27. What do you say? Six-year, seven-year kind of deal is is not out of the realm. That would be number one for me. I don't know how you feel about no, that. I, no, I'm 100% on board with you. I think we can fawn over these players that are on other teams, right? Yeah, JT Realmuto. I don't think there's a Mets fan that doesn't have interest in JT Realmuto. A guy like Trevor Bauer, you know, he's, he's a character, but, you know, certainly you would love to have someone like that to pair with Jacob DeGrom. It might be a one-year yeah. deal. If he if he's a man of his word, I mean, Trevor Bauer has openly said he will not sign long-term deals, and he only wants one-year deals. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see if he... cool. Yeah, done. done. Here you go. But I agree. You have to prove the point that you are not going to let your homegrown star players walk. That's been a thing that the Mets yeah. have rode these homegrown guys, other than, you know, Jacob DeGrom, David Wright. But they've rode, rode these guys till free agency, and they either sold them off at the trade deadline right before, or they just let them walk and took took a draft pick like Zach Wheeler. Uh, so it's, it, it, I agree with you. We've got to make a statement that if you are drafted, developed, and produced for the New York Mets, you're going to get rewarded by the New York Mets, not by the Colorado Rockies, not by the Kansas City Royals, not by the Los Angeles Angels, the Philadelphia Phillies. You're going to get rewarded by the team that drafted and developed you. And that is how a good organization is run. And they do it a year before, right? Like, why should we sit here and wait out these arbitration years? Like, the last year. Obviously, I understand year one. I get that. But you're putting a lot of risk at hand, right? Like, I know we're all sitting here wondering what version of Syndergaard 
we're going to see next year. But you don't want to get into a situation with Conforto where it's like, hey, let's have him play out the year. And we talk about the extension on the open market when everyone else is in it. That's scary. So I think you got to get it done. Why he's under team control. It's just how it should be. Um, and I think it, I personally do think it'll be something that they highlight. Is there anything else internally, or maybe it is even an external move that's not real Muto that you have on your radar that goes, that's the one that really adds up here now that the dollars problem is most likely fixed? I'd be very intrigued to see what the situation is going to be with Nolan Arenado in Colorado. We know that that has gotten a little bumpy, the relationship. Arenado signed the long-term deal and got basically promises of contending, and Colorado basically has not done anything. And Arenado's happiness is a little in question in Colorado, and you know, I'm a JD. I'm a JD Davis fan. Uh, I think he's obviously a good player, but you know, if if you could get your hands on someone like Nolan Arenado, uh, that's you know, that's one of those game changing moves. And I'm very interested to see what Steve Cohen elects to be his first game changing move because you have to imagine a guy as aggressive as as Steve Cohen is he has an intention to make a you know a stamp at some point, whether that's in November, December, or maybe a little further down the road, but he's going to make that, he won't, he'll want to make that stamp. And Nolan Arenado is someone that jumps out to me as that, that could be, that could be one. That makes, that one, I, number one, I'd love that. Obviously a guy with that kind of glove and arm at the hot corner with a power bat. Um, I think he's, ultra competitive which you just love like he, he kind of has that mcneil attitude where it's like everything is 100 miles an hour and he, he probably is hard on himself to, uh, maybe to a fault at times but i'd rather it that way than just hey this guy's on an eight-year deal and now is he gonna check out in year four like i don't ever see that being the case with a guy like arenado he just so got the that, deal yeah he just got the yeah. deal and he got upset that they're not trying to win like he just got the deal and he's he got upset that they're not trying to win immediately like and i love is, that it's a competitor it's the kind of guy you want and another thing that i look forward to with steve cohen is in his business with 0.72 and sac capital before that he was heavily, heavily invested in the analytics of the whole financial world. You know, I certainly don't understand all the financial world, but he is very analytically driven, and he trusts people to make decisions using analytics. So I think the Mets have been a team that they're getting a little better, but they've they've been behind the eight ball analytically. Like they've kind of gotten to 2017 or 2018 or so now in 2020. So they're a couple years behind teams. I think Steve Cohen's going to be willing to spend basically whatever is necessary to bring in a true analytics department that's going to be doing analytics from rookie ball to the major leagues. And there's certainly been some reports that, which is where you've seen the Mets trade some low minors talents because they're not analytically looking at guys in the low minors it's just how the Mets have been run they just don't have the 
support system analytically to do so. And that's why you see teams like the Astros coming after some of the guys in the low minors from the Mets. Those are the analytically driven teams. So I know there's certainly people listening to this that are old school baseball and poo-poo analytics, but you know, that's, that's where things are heading. It's, it's really a, just a better way to assess players. So I'm, I'm excited about him being able to bulk up that department from what we have now. Absolutely. Anybody that is data driven in one successfully in one area of their life will ultimately carry that over. Right. I mean, I, I could say from, you know, I'm a mix obviously of film and data with my scouting for football, but whenever I look at, you know, numbers and anything else, it's still, it matters. It matters a lot. And I think you bringing up that point, brings up something important with Cohen and and once again Thornton is had a really good point about this on a longer form he's going to invest in areas where he needs help and that does not get talked about in sports enough right like I a lot of people always ask me in football you know what are the, the good franchises and I'm like well a lot of the stuff a lot of the issues are ones that you can't see how much do they pay their scouting department are they willing to invest in a scouting department are they willing to build out an analytics department you're not hiring. Sure, you have some college interns in these departments, but those those people aren't running the departments. Cohen is going to dump money into this team in a, a data section, in a scouting section, in a marketing section, in a business section, in a building out city fields. Like every single aspect of the Mets should not be the, honestly a poverty franchise anymore. It should be supplemented in a way. Uh, honestly, what we're seeing with the Carolina Panthers right now, where their new ownership has come in and said, hey, we're building this new beautiful facility. We're going out and getting what we think is the best head coach on the market in a huge deal. We're building out a scouting department. We're giving everything that this franchise needs to be successful. We're putting up the dollars for it. And I think that'll translate quite the same uh, for a Cohen-owned franchise. And and. Absolutely. And another thing is the PR of this team has been an utter atrocious. Do they have anyone that Uh, runs it? It doesn't seem so, right? I mean, you misspelled Brody on the statement twice, but the PR needs to be another focus. You know, our podcast is called That's So Mets. And obviously that's, you know, a nice joke about, you know, just the dumb things that this organization has done for so long. And that's another thing that I'm really hopeful Steve Cohen's going to put an emphasis on is fixing the PR of this team. And let's not be a joke. Let's look back and, you know, as we're podcasting here for years and years to come, you know, that so Mets will be a funny reminder of the rough times that we got through. And it's, it's time for a change. And by all accounts, I think Stevie Cohen's prepared to, you know, change this thing top to bottom um, I don't know if he's firing Brody Van Wagenen. I don't know if he's firing Luis Rojas. I, I, it's all going it, to... The timing, you know, Thornton will touch on it, but the timing certainly makes it a little more difficult, I think, to make those kind of wholesale changes. But, you know, this... Everyone's on the line. You know, Steve Cohen is not going to be a guy that's going to put up with losing. He's not going to put up with mediocrity. If you're not doing your job, 
you're going to be gone, and he's going to find someone that will do the job, and he will spare no expense. So if he wants Theo Epstein to be the Mets president of baseball operations, he'll go buy Theo Epstein. If he wants, you know, it's what he's going, it's what he's going to do, you know, by all accounts. I mean, I, I don't know Steve Cohen. I can only go off what people like Thornton and others have reported about how he operates. And by all accounts, it seems that's the kind of guy we're getting. He will spare no expense to put the organization in a position to succeed, not just for a year, but have a sustained run of success. With that being said, we're going to toss it now to our interview with with uh, Thornton McHenry from the New York Post, who has really been one of the, um, you know, somebody out in front of this entire story, tons of details. So stick around, because if you guys aren't excited enough uh, about this turning point of the franchise, I think this interview will seal the deal for you. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the That's So Mets podcast, and we are very happy for the second time, actually, to be joined by Thornton McHenry from the New York Post, who's been all over this story with the sale of the New York Mets, which took a huge step forward late on Friday, Uh, and Thornton was actually, I think, the first person to be all over this, that the Mets are exclusively dealing now with Steve Cohen. It is down to Steve Cohen for this sale uh, so the first question I have to ask you is, besides one, how are you doing? Because this has just been a wild story that doesn't seem to have any pause at any hours of the night. But how did we get to this point where it's just down to Steve Cohen now? Well, I'm good personally. My wife let me sleep in, so that was that's nice, nice of her. Of her. <laughs> uh, my and my kids. Um, so I'm doing lunch now, uh, but uh, with the kids. But um, yeah, no, uh, it, yeah, it was late last night, um, and uh, it sort of, you know, I got a, I got a text at around, God, I think, 10.30, saying, hey, heads up, uh, you know, something's coming, or maybe 10, and I just sort of started hitting the phones, and uh, I just was like, well, you know, I, I, there was a disturbance in the force. Um, we'd had gotten a sense earlier in the day that um, we were getting close, but what seems to have happened is really in the end, it sounds like bids were due Monday, uh, but the sort of the interior thoughts around the Mets were, you know, Saul Katz had sort of had enough, and um, he was ready to see a bid, and the, Co- the Cohen bid, from our understanding, is significantly higher. Um, I've got people putting in around 2.4, maybe 2.5 billion. Um, and I think, you know, it sounds like Saul Katz might have been sort of the, the decision maker here to say, hey, it's, it's time. It's time to just go and start and get this over with. Uh, our reporting in February when this deal with Cohen fell apart was that Saul Katz was not pleased that, you know, he really wants a sale here and he'd like the, he'd like the equity for their real estate business. Um, so it sounds like the drivers here were in place. Um, and they informed uh, Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez uh, yesterday evening. Um, and really the tip I got was that, you know, Cohen, it, it was unclear if Cohen was going to tell anybody what was going on, but that Alex and Jennifer were, were, were capitulating and were going to release a statement. Speaking of Alex and Jennifer, talk about their failed bid. Uh, do you have an inkling of where that bid actually ended up financially i mean the rumors are yeah the rumors are it was close to 2.3 uh billion um which is i mean it's, it's a significant high. bid um and they did i mean i think uh i mean i think when the history of this is written if it's written at all if we all just aren't so exhausted we just walk away uh i think uh, there should be some credit given to how they did this to be fair i mean steve cohen 
is Steve Cohen, and you know he's he's a phenomenal businessman, and I think it'll be interesting to watch what he does from here on out. But I mean that bit. I mean I think you know they were given a lot of criticism for sort of being dilettante celebrities, but they put together quite the group. I mean we found out last night that one someone involved in their group is Mark Lore, who uh, uh, who's the an executive at Walmart who started Diapers.com, worked at Amazon, started Jet.com, and now he's a senior guy at Walmart. He's sort of he, I've always thought of him as one of the more uh, just impressive and just really, uh, really smart businessmen in America today who sort of flies under the radar. And we didn't even know he was involved until now. Um, that might be a function of J.P. Morgan Private Bank putting him in the deal. However it worked, they put together a group, and they worked really hard on this. And my understanding, and everyone I've talked to, is they worked really hard on the minutiae of what this would look like. So, I mean, their disappointment is understandable. Um, but in the end, I mean, I think it's the same story is that, you know, I think Cohen just knew that there was going to be a point at which money would talk. And he knew that he was kind of talking to Saul Cass at this point. As far as the debt situation with the Mets, obviously, you've widely reported the Mets financials being in a bad spot. So was a deterrent to the A-Rod bid partially the extra debt that was going to come into into the fold with everything they were doing with J.P. Morgan? I mean, I don't even think it got that far, to be honest, guys. I mean, I think this was the highest number. I mean, I think that's something they would have, they would, that's a bridge they would have crossed when they came to it, if their number, if the money had been close. Um, but yeah, Steve Cohen just offered the most um, significantly. I mean, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, which, I mean, at this point have become sort of, I mean, now they look like they come after the uh after the, you know they come after the the, the the point but really when you're looking at 2.6 billion the number after the point is 100 million and it's a lot of money and i mean especially right now with how the world is looking economically steve cohen just offered the most money in the end and to a certain extent the due diligence is done there these guys know each other for better or for worse and my understanding also from people i've spoken to is the final offers here are final and there is no room for wiggling, which is something that the Wilpons, you know, wanted with Cohen. But to be frankly, that's what Cohen wanted with the Wilpons. These guys, nobody, I talked to someone last night who told me, nobody wants February again. This is not, you know, like, no one involved here wants to go through what they went through. Um, so the idea of going through this with Cohen, it's quicker in a weird way because they all, they know, they know, they know each other's uh, moves at this point. And it's the most money. And yeah, in the end, Cohen's going to meet Cohen's going to answer those capital calls. He's going to paper over those cracks. Uh, he's going to figure out a way through this just through financing. And, I mean, a guy like Steve Cohen, if he wants to borrow money, he can borrow money very cheaply for long periods of time if that's what he chooses to do. So, yeah, I mean, in the end, this is a very financially troubled organization, and they've got someone who's capable of helping them uh, fix that those problems. So here we are. We're basically back to where we were in the winter, where it is the Mets. And, I know. I, I said last night, I was like, Steve this is Cohen. where we were in December, and so much of me wishes we were back in December in just every way yeah. in life. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think we're back to where we were in December. But, you know, again, it, it's sort of very meta. We're back to where we were in December. But, it, you know, things have changed, I think it's fair to say. December in every way and and, and in this deal I mean yeah they've been through some stuff uh, and then after that we've all been through some stuff I think the Mets bargaining position has weakened considerably um, and as has the you know so really I mean this deal is going to get done Um, 
there has been obviously already chatter that, hey, Steve Cohen might have a hard time getting approved by MLB owners. That seems to me to be posturing by MLB owners to make him play ball on the collective bargaining agreement. Mm. Um, I, I talked to a couple of people I trust who know this world very well who've told me they don't see this being a problem and that the Wilpons had to have a sense of his approval possibilities when they let this, you know, when they, when they announced this last night. So, um, yeah, this deal, we think this deal should close between the Wilpons and Cohen, uh, maybe this week, possibly the next. And then it's a waiting game until the winter meetings and the owners meet and, and approve this deal. Uh, I've already asked if there's anything in place to maybe, you know, I think the, the, the Mets would like it. Maybe Major League Baseball would too if they could even push that up a little bit. Uh, just, you know, maybe get that moving forward. At this point, if they can agree on a deal by this week or next and they can iron out all of the particulars, which from our understanding are, you know, there's a lot of crossing T's and dotting I's at this point, they're going to want approval. They want this done. Everybody wants this done. And awesome information. And the last one we have for you, Thorne, and again, Thank you for taking the time with us. I mean, you took a lot of time the other day on a podcast that, you know, may never see the light of day. But uh, what we want to finish off with is for Mets fans, from what you're hearing just, you know, in the financial world and kind of knowing Steve Cohen and what he's kind of about, what kind of owner should Mets fans be expecting that they're getting in Steve Cohen? I mean, Steve Cohen's an enigma. He always has been. I mean, he's a you know he's a guy who you know he he loves he likes to collect things. He likes art. I mean, and at his heart, Steve Cohen is a trader's trader. I mean, this is a guy who who like lives, eats, and breathes his business. And in the last few years, it seems you know like his his interests have sort of spread. I mean, he's you know he's getting older, and what he's been doing for a long time is a young man's game. So. You'll, the thing about Steve Cohen is, you know, he's not going to – it's not going to be like the A-Rod thing. We're not going to see him, you know. He's not a baseball lifer, uh, but he likes baseball. Um, he likes sports, and he likes competition. And uh, what I've said from the beginning, what I've always said about Steve Cohen is – and it's, you know, people who – people say it about him positively. They say it about him negatively. He doesn't like to lose. He doesn't like to come out on the losing end of transactions or games or anything he does, uh, art bids. Like, Steve Cohen likes to win. So that's what Mets fans, I think, should be excited about, is that he's a guy who likes to win, and he's a guy who, you know, likes to compete. Um, he's not a fuzzy guy. I mean, Steve Cohen's not going to be the guy, you know, smiling and glad-handing and, 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 you know, talking to fans. Maybe he will at some point. Maybe he'll grow into that role, but it, it, that's not him. Um, so I think you're going to see a guy who he, he's going to work, he's going to identify talent to help him run an organization. He's going to learn how to do this. Um, Steve Cohen knows what he doesn't know, which is an important thing about Steve Cohen. So it'll be a process. But, again, at the end of the day, Steve Cohen didn't buy a baseball team uh, to own a losing baseball team. And I think that is what every Mets fan has been dreaming of. And, uh, man, it's, it's been fun. Thornton, thank you so much. Get some rest. And hopefully the next time I talk to you, my Jets will be for sale and, and you'll be all over that story or something like that. But, Thank you so much. Oh, man, I need a lot of rest if that's what we're going to do. All right, thanks, guys. See you, Thorin. Get on Team Shaq with WinBet. We're playing parlays, boosting odds, and laying the wildest prop bets. Don't miss another game. Download the WinBet sports betting app today.
Sign up today and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 first-time wager on a straight bet or parlay. That's $200 that you can use for all the upcoming basketball action, including the men's basketball tournament. If you bet at least $500 during the first and second round of the tournament, you can get a trip to the five-star rated Win Las Vegas. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.